Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and today we have a special episode that's all about a vital life skill that we need to pass on to our children, financial literacy. Joining us today is Dr. Linda Simpson, who is an advocate for financial education. She has extensive experience in helping individuals and families overcome financial challenges, and her dedication to this cause has made her a sought-after educator and author. Today, she'll be sharing her insights on teaching financial literacy to children, a crucial aspect of their education that's so often overlooked. Before we dive into this valuable discussion, I want to take a moment to ask you for your support. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. And if you find our content helpful, we'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to us and help us continue to bring you valuable content. So stay tuned. We will be right back with our conversation on teaching financial literacy to children with Dr. Linda Simpson. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast. I am very excited to welcome Dr. Linda Simpson to the program today. Um, And we're going to be talking all about teaching financial literacy to your children. This is a conversation that is really important, and it will be really impactful for your kids' lives for generations to come. This is this is really setting them on a good trajectory. So, Linda, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. It's an honor to be here. Well, I am thrilled. I'm excited to learn from you, to to be able to to get some good ideas of ways that we can really engage with our children in conversations about financial matters and to really prepare them for adulthood in this way. But before we dive into that conversation, I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about your background, maybe how you started actually becoming aware of the need to teach parents how to teach their kids financial literacy so that we have a better foundation for this conversation. Absolutely. I have my PhD from the University of Illinois that I earned many years ago, and I've been teaching financial literacy in higher education for the past 30 years. So I have much experience of that 18 to 21 year old grasp on financial topics. And I found that there is a big, big disconnect from those students who have the the few students who've had a strong financial background from their parents. The first day class, I'll, I'll ask, how many of you feel like you do have a strong financial foundation that you learned from your parents or through some type of curriculum. And out of 40 students, I usually teach about three sections, 40 students each. Maybe one hand goes up and they're looking around. And then I can tell throughout the semester, there'll be the one student. I'll ask a question. Their hand will go up. My dad said, or my mom said, and I can tell who's had that solid education from home. While other students are actually gathering my materials to take home to their parents because they they don't have a clue what they're doing. 
So that's where I've seen, that's where my passion has come, where we have got to educate the parents on how to educate their their children uh, to get this generational cycle stopped. Oh, uh, absolutely. Right now, we have one half of the U.S. population is considered financially illiterate. Wow. And that is a very, very scary statistic. Uh, and I, I have so many statistics that talks about what a crisis we're in right now as a nation and in the world. Wow. That is that is almost unimaginable mm-hmm. to think that it is that high. Mm-hmm. I have I have so many questions. So like my my brain is just dancing with things that I want to find you on that. But first, I think it's going to be really important that we we make sure that we define these terms so that as we are talking about them, everyone is thinking along the same vein. So how do you define or and really how did this survey define financial literacy? What does that even mean? Okay. Well, we'll back up a little bit and talk about family financial socialization. And what is interesting, and I didn't even, you know, it's funny how things circle back around. In 1984, for my master's degree, I did it. Uh, my, my master's thesis was on children as consumers. Hmm. So it was very innovative at that time to even consider children in the marketplace. Wow. And then I piggybacked off that for my doctoral dis- dissertation. I Again, I looked at children as consumers. And just in the past probably decade, there's a term, uh, family financial socialization, where the research is really hitting it hard. And it's the way that the families interact that influence the children's financial attitudes, values, knowledge, and development whether it's implicit or explicit. Hmm. You know, you've got to be good stewards of your money to and teach your children to do the same. So that's the foundation of the family financial socialization. So it's the parents and the siblings, all of that, you know, socialization, that's the influencers. You know, so we've got social media, we've got TV, we've got advertisements, all of this has an influence on on their financial behaviors. So, you know, the family financial is that foundation of where they're being influenced. So financial literacy is the ability to understand and effectively use, keyword, effectively use various financial skills, you know, basic earning, spending, saving, and investing. This is one of the most important life skills you can teach your kids. One of the most important. It has a significant impact on every facet of life. If you look at your mental health, your spiritual health, your family health, social, personal, and career, it reciprocates. Money has an impact on each area of your life, and each area of your life has an impact on money. And that you, we don't think in those terms, you know, even as you were talking about it, my initial reaction is, well, of course it does. But then you step back a little bit and you're like, I don't know that I've ever actually thought that way, though, like like consciously. It makes so much sense. But but I, I we sadly do not think in those terms. And so having this kind of a conversation is 
is really powerful to just make us key in on the importance of thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be very careful because I don't want people to think as many as greed or that uh, money is everything. But, you know, money sure makes life easier to navigate. Right. You get so many curveballs thrown at you. And if you have the resources to help you navigate through that, it very much makes life easier. Oh, for sure. And and money, the way that you handle money actually indicates a discipline of life that shows up in a lot of other areas as well. So it's not like it's not like the way that you are handling your finances is happening in a vacuum. This is this is a bigger conversation than just dollars and cents, really. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, you know, the the whole financial attitude and knowledge and values. I always say, if you want to see where your values lie, look at your checking account, Mm. where your money flows, because that is a big indicator of, you know, what, what you value, what you're showing your children, where you're spending your money. They're, they're watching. And uh, that, that speaks louder than direct instruction. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. And you see, I think that's probably why you see so many of the children replicating the habits of their parents. And, you know, whether it be good or bad, they they replicate those even if they haven't overtly been taught them, you know, like intentionally taught. But what And you kind of alluded to this at the beginning. What have you found are the consequences of not actually teaching these things to your kids? Oh, goodness. How long do we have? Well, (laughs) how long do you need? Oh, the consequences, you know, in in their adult years, the inability to budget and meet financial obligations, taking on large amounts of debt, not having any savings, not having emergency funds. It, it just goes on and on. And there's a lower quality of their adult life if they ha- have a constant battle with money. My, when my husband and I were first married, we had no money. I mean, we didn't, we couldn't even live paycheck to paycheck because our money didn't even reach that. Mm-hmm. And I would cut pictures out of magazines and buy a frame at dollar three or whatever it was at that time. And that was my decor. Mm-hmm. And it was tough. I, I didn't realize that, you know, what what we didn't have. And I'm not saying, oh, we're all wealthy now. But I tell you, we can navigate a lot better by having a solid financial foundation. And, you know, my parents, his parents, we weren't taught. We were just too young, uh, you know, a young couple trying to figure it out and 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 that it's very difficult. Yeah. So that that's very very important. There's so many consequences and and I mentioned earlier in our discussion that one half of the US population is financially illiterate. That is scary. Wow. And we've got to stop that generational cycle and start teaching we are not being responsible as adults by not teaching these young kids how to manage their money. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau in 2022 said that consumers were charged more than $105 billion, now get this, in interest. 
Hmm. Wow. $25 billion in fees. And we've reached the $1 trillion mark in raw credit card debt. Goodness. Yes. Scary, scary statistics. And again, if you are not financially set, that's going to delay. You know, if your dream is to own a home, start a family, all of that is set back by years until you get into a financial situation that you're able to do this. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Well, and and even the stress that it ushers in, in your already set relationship and family, how many marriages are destroyed because of the stress of finances and such? It really, it has such a profound impact on your relationships because it is such a big deal. Absolutely. Money is considered one of the biggest reasons for divorce. It might not be like, the big reason, but down here somewhere, yeah. there's many issues. And the biggest reason for family conflict, I, you know, I talk to my students, think back to your high school years, which, you know, usually it's a few months before <laughs> that. What was your biggest fight with your parents? And it's either money or money related. Yeah. Whatever it is. And there, there's just so much conflict over money and how it's handled. Yeah. Wow. Well, how... How then do you, I, I know that you have kind of started this whole objective of teaching parents to teach their kids. And so I was hoping that we could spend some time with you just maybe laying out some of the strategies that we as parents can use in teaching our children financial literacy and and really setting our families and theirs on a much better foundation financially. Absolutely. And I, as I said, I looked at some homeschool curriculum to see, you know, what's required, what's out there. And I did see a few personal finance online programs. Mm-hmm. And my my big push is for the parent to be directly involved. So rather than just, you know, sitting the, the screen in front and they click through what's savings, what's earning and and all of that. But at my curriculum that I'm promoting is... They're age it's age appropriate. So the child has a curriculum that they work through and there's a parent guide mm-hmm. that goes along with their curriculum that teaches them how to reinforce those money topics. So, and another thing I, I feel very strongly about is there needs to be as much time dedicated to financial literacy as a subject matter, just like math, social science, computer science, whatever you're teaching, there needs to be a time set for financial literacy curriculum. And this can start, at, my financial literacy curriculum runs from age two, toddler through 18. As soon wow. as children stop putting things in their mouth, you know, you don't want to put money in their mouth, that's when you can even start teaching Money. Wow. Uh, just the basic, like a two-year-old taking coins and dropping them in a piggy bank. And that helps with fine motor skills too. But another thing that concerns me, when we use cash to pay for things, we're more 
conscientious about our spending rather than swiping your credit card or using some other form of technology to pay. Mm-hmm. In fact, the more novel the payment instrument is, we spend 100% more than we would if we pay cash. Really? And our kids don't understand cash. Right. They don't understand because they don't handle it. They Everything is the swipe of a card, even, you know, their allowances. And, and I'm not saying that's bad, but we're getting back to the importance of handling money, understanding four quarters equals a dollar, you know, and understanding the currency itself. And that's really what we're getting away from. Uh huh. Well, and and it seems that every current of culture and commerce is actually pushing in that direction really, really hard. And if if I, I wrote down how the the novel payment forms you're spending a hundred percent more than with cash, that really helps you understand a lot of the push towards these other payment forms. Oh, Um, makes it so much easier to buy anything that you want to without any thought. Exactly. 90% of our spending is based on emotions. Well, okay. And retailers and marketers know how to get us to separate our money from our money by tapping in on our emotions. When you couple that with the easy, you know, click here, buy now, making it so easier and where we become mindless, we need to stay mindful in our spending. In fact, that's the the title of my book, Mindful and Intentional. That's where we've really got to be careful and make sure that we are not just mindlessly spending money. Oh, absolutely. Well, Kind of jumping back into the conversation on specific ways to train our children and strategies that we can use. Kind of, we, we've, we've talked about the little littles. Kind of help us grow up and get, give us as parents ideas of different ways that we can start approaching our kids at different ages to help them start moving in a, in a direction of understanding the value and the importance of stewarding your money well. All right. There's, there's three ways. The first one is uh, it's role modeling hmm. to show responsible financial behavior. This has the greatest impact on the child's learning, even more so than intentional teaching. Even anything they learn in school curriculum. You know, we we talked about high school uh, curriculum earlier. That you know, nine weeks uh, of teaching is at best what they spend on this. But parents role modeling positive consumer behavior, things like honoring God and keeping our debt low, you know, any interest bearing debt, you don't overspend, living below our means. And a, a huge one is being content and delaying gratification, showing that you save to buy things when you have the money for it. So those things right there yeah. worth a million bucks wow. teaching them those skills of delayed gratification and contentment of, you know, be happy with what you have. Don't always be striving. You know, I'm a big goal setter and I think goal setting is important, but don't make it so much about stuff. Hmm. You say it and it sounds so easy. 
<laughs> and we all know everybody out there is like, I know yes, I want that. And yet we all pray to the ads and the the beauty of all the things and the fact that we can always get it now and pay later. And and I think that for a lot of people, we understand that this isn't good. And yet we continue to fall into it. What are yeah, I, I imagine that you've got some safeguards that even as we're role modeling this for our kids, ways that we can remind ourselves to stay on track in that. Good point. Accountability. Uh, in fact, I had someone talk to me about, you know, I get my budget set and everything and I do it for a while. It's just like anything. Weight management. You know, you're all psyched. Even church, you know, you come out of church and you're all psyched. And then, you know, Wednesday comes around and, you know, you just need accountability yeah. throughout the week. And that is one reason I um, I like masterminds. So I, I have masterminds where, you know, you meet once a month or something or, or in fact, I let my clients drive it. How often, you know, do you need tweaked on this topic to, to help, you know, you stay on track? Because that is a big reason parents don't teach financial literacy because they don't know. They, yeah. they don't, they were not taught. Right. So it's, and, I, and I'm not saying accountability where somebody's shaking their finger and, and saying, you need to do this, but just to talk through things, just like we are. And yeah, I could have done that differently. Well, it's easy to get in the weeds. And so having someone just there to help you process through and find your way out of situations is huge. Uh-huh. It is. It is. So I, I just think accountability is, is huge. So we talked about role modeling number yep. one. A second approach, intentional instruction, teachable moments. Hmm. Teachable moments are huge. Children are sponges and using intentional instruction is important. I, I've got a good example. Uh, well, even going to the retail environment, the grocery store, use it as a field trip. Yeah. Why do you buy this brand? Why did you pass this up and you're buying this? Those are great teachable moments, but I, I have a perfect example of a teachable moment because it's hard to teach your kids anything because they know everything, <laughs> As a, especially teenagers. My daughter moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is like 16 hours from us. Mm. But anyway, she was setting out on her own. She was in her early 20s. And, and I said something about an emergency fund. Why do I need an emergency fund? I said, well, you know, for emergencies. What if you would have a flat tire? I'm not going to have a flat tire. No, just short of calling me, you're so dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it, she's out in, in Wilmington and Hurricane Florence hit. Hmm. So she was uprooted from her home. And this was big for someone so young to have to go through. Leave behind belongings, not knowing what you're going to come back to was uprooted for 10 days living in a VRBO with 10 friends. Wow. And yes. So not only were they paying, oh, well, that was one big thing is I said the bank of mom and dad's closed. You know, you know that's why I was pushing emergency fund. Yep. You know, you, you're going to have to figure it out. So being uprooted for 10 days and not working, perfect teachable moment. You know, yeah, for sure. Well, I need an emergency fund. So sometimes that's what I talk about. You know, getting into high school, let to make mistakes. Yeah. 
while they're still, you know, under your roof so that, you know, you can guide them and, and teach them on why that happened, you know, and how they, they could have kept that from happening in the future. So teachable moments. And then the last big one, uh, creating conversations about money situations that arise naturally. Simply talk about your money mistakes with your kids. Share those. That's a humbling experience. Like, boy, you know, we messed up and we we did this or that. So, you know, explain to them, you make mistakes and you know what? We're going to make mistakes. And that's that's why you need to be prepared for those mistakes. COVID scared us. And I tell you, since COVID, more families have started a budget because that was an unknown. And that was a scary time for everyone because we didn't know, we weren't prepared. You know, those emergency funds and, and things like that. And, you know, the unknown. By now, usually what happens, okay, that, that was about 2022. We're probably getting a little lax yeah. in our budgeting because we're, we've become complacent again. But again, talking to your child about your day-to-day spending and put your actions into words that the child understands. And that's one of the things I've really done with my curriculum, you know, made it very age appropriate. I've done a toddler, kindergarten through third grade, fourth and fifth, and then middle school and high school, because those are big leaps and bounds between those age groups. Yeah, that is that is fascinating and and really really helpful to be able to break that down in that way. Now I know that you talk about something called that I guess you you refer to as money scripts. Can you kind of break out what are money scripts and how does that factor into this whole conversation? We all have them. <laughs> we all have money scripts. We've developed money scripts, and these are long held beliefs and perspectives about money that we've learned throughout our life. Hmm. We You talked earlier about how parents manage money has a significant impact on how you manage money. And you might not even think it. Like, I didn't even notice. Brands that you grew up with, those are brands that you buy now. And whatever brand loyalty, yes. This is what you're teaching your kids, their money scripts. So think, and then I, I have um, parents think about the, these questions. What was their first recollection of money growing up? What memories do they have of their parents and their money management? Do they feel like they have a good education about money? And what do they wish they would have learned at a young age? Because we've all got like, you know, I wish I would have taken piano lessons or or whatever. All of the, I wish I would have. Hmm. What, what are these related to money growing up. So now start thinking about your kids because you are creating these money scripts in, in, in them. What do you want their answers to be to those questions? What do you want their first recollection of money to be? Okay, so that would be, you know, if they're if they're high school, it's, pro- it's already there, but you can talk to them about it. And it's usually about first or second grade, five or six years old, when they start becoming aware of the retail environment and start that, you know, paying for things and they understand a little bit more about how transactions work. So what, and then what memories do you want your kids to have about money management? Mm-hmm. 
And you want them to answer, you know, I have a solid foundation. Yeah. I feel I have a solid foundation in many skills that I learned at home. Well, and also, as you were talking, I thought about how many people I've talked to that actually just starting out, money is a a burden and a scary thing. And and you back up and you look at their trajectory, their family's course, and you can see that it's always been a heavy, out of control thing. And so it's no wonder that they're we're we're shooting out our kids defeated before they even start their families. And you know, it's we talk a lot about breaking generational lines of abuse and and you know all of these terrible things, but we really don't discuss breaking those generational issues with money. And so I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because I don't think any of us would want to to send our children out already limping along financially. Right, right. They they might know math as much math as there is, but. And that's what I why what I say is you know we're always pushing careers, but they could go out and make six figures a year. But if they don't how, know how to manage it, that doesn't matter. It yeah. does not matter how much money or what type of career they have if they can't manage it. That's how many lottery winners go bankrupt because you know they get this windfall and they don't know how to manage it. Well, exactly, exactly. And you know, I I. Don't want our parents that may be listening in and getting discouraged or scared because I know that one of your primary objectives is to teach the parents to be able to teach their children. So can you tell us a little bit about the resources that you've created and how you go about teaching the the parents so that then we can turn around and give our children a better start and a better understanding of these financial matters while they're young? Yes. And I have created many resources available on my website. And I think you'll have that posted somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the first things I have, I have it right here is my book, Mindful and Intentional Money Management, an unbeatable system to calm the chaos. <laughs> Don't we all need this? We do. And, yes. And one of the big things being the educator that I am with this book, on the back, you can go online and get a free companion guide. Oh, nice. So, yes. So this companion guide, as you go through the book, I'll ask questions, just like I talk about many scripts, and then I have them stop and reflect. Hmm. What's your first recollection of money? And, uh, you know, go down the list. So I think, you know, having them not just learn, but do. Yeah, that's the educator in me. Mm-hmm. So getting my book right now is free on my website with you just pay shipping because my goal is to get it in as many hands as wow. possible. That's so generous. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So that's number one. And then I also have the curriculum, the family financial socialization curriculum on my website for each age group and with each one. And this is another thing. I only charge less than $20 for it. Wow. So again, I want to get it in people's hands. It's not real flashy. You know, if I, I did it myself. So, you know, if I had some paid somebody to do it, the price would have had to have gone up. But, you know, I figure I'll do it and, you know, help parents get started absolutely in, in teaching their kids. So it, it's 1997. So, and, you know, 
regularly it would be over $50 for e- each curriculum. So you get the age-appropriate workbook for the kids to work through, and then a parent guide that will help them learn to teach. Yeah. So first, they learn the skills themselves, and then they can teach it. And then right now, I'm also, I've got a three-course bundle that the three things I think are important, goal setting, mm-hmm. financial goal setting. And that's one one beef I have with a lot of financial curriculum is they just jump in and talk about, okay, you look at your income, you look at your expenses, you subtract, do you have a deficit or surplus? But I get to the foundational, like, you've got to know where you want to be right. financially. So I, I've got that course, financial goal setting, then mindful spending. I've got a whole course on mindful spending. And then I've got an entire course on how to assess your current financial situation. Wow. So, yes. So bridging, you want to get from your goals to where you are and bridge that. Yeah. And then you know, your current financial and to bridge that. So I've got that three course bundle on sale. It's less than 200. And all of my courses come with audio, PowerPoint, and with companion guides. So you'll actually do it and not just learn it. And then, oh, one of the things that I've got with this bundle, I've created an entire food budgeting course. This is over an hour long because food is the biggest flexible expense that we overspend. Wow. Yes. So looking at strategies the stores use to get you to buy more, things you can watch for, you know, how to uh, budget for meals. So this course is included with the three courses that I just talked about. And then I've I've also included over a thousand tips on how to reduce spending in every product category. So just like transportation or utilities, you know, how can you just, and I, I wouldn't expect you to use all thousand, but just kind of look through it and think, Pick two yeah. out of a thousand, and that will make a difference. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Well, where can they find? We're going to link all of this and give as much information as we can in those show notes. But it's also good to hear. So, where can they find all of these resources? At my website at anchored a n c h o r d. There's no e in there, and I explain why in mm-hmm. in my resources. Anchored dot money. A-N-C-O-R-D-dot-M-A-N-E. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, now we have to get it just to find out why there's no E. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just well, another eating and teasing us with it. <laughs> I think you'll like why why there's no E. And another thing you get with that three-course bundle, I, Tom Ziegler wrote the foreword for my book. And wow. I always say, is there somebody where you just hang on their every word? And I do that. Uh, he's just so eloquent in, in mm. teaching, you know, his passion. But I did a 30-minute interview with him so that you get access to that interview. So mm. you get a lot of stuff for, for very little money. Well, and you are giving yourself a place to start to gain more confidence and financial understanding yourself which will impact your family immediately and then get the tools and the skills to teach your kids so that their life 
never starts out in a hole. You know, they are able to to get off to the races as soon as they they launch out. That is really, really exciting. And I am so glad that you have joined me today to share this with our audience. I think it's going to be really impactful. And I hope everybody goes and get your book. So, and that is anchored with no E dot money. And we will link those in the show notes so that you don't miss a thing. Excellent. So Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a joy. It, it has been a joy. You can tell it's it's a passion of mine. And and, uh, and you know what? I, I, as an instructor, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> well, actually, as as a consumer, I would love to listen. So I, I'm, I'm right. very excited to dive into your stuff. I, I'm fascinated. A lot of the things that you said made so much sense. And yet I, I tend to think in bigger pictures. I'm like, we don't think this way. We don't. You know, even right. when I'm talking to families, we don't talk this way. And it's so, so important. And people impact culture in a lot of different ways. And I'm glad that you are equipped to impact families by helping them get on their feet financially and helping them yes. to pass on good financial habits. So very, very and much. I'm also, I'm also offering a charter mastermind. I, I have masterminds, but something for homeschool families oh. to, to meet it like once a month and talk money. Right. Uh, so if anybody's interested in joining this mastermind, they can email me personally. And, you know, depending on the number of people, I, I like groups. And again, it keeps costs down when right. we, you know, I can coach groups. So, or, you know, somebody wants one-on-one coaching, I'd be happy to, to work with them. And I just, again, that accountability and constant learning is key. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining us. We will make sure we link all of that. And it was a great joy to talk to you. All right. Thank you. You are welcome to everyone else. Thank you for hanging out with us today. I hope you've taken good notes. I hope that this has challenged your thinking and really made you inspired to go get the book, look at these courses, dive in to find the ways that you can pass on a much better understanding and a much higher financial literacy than maybe you started out your adult life with. There's a curriculum there. There are books, courses, resources galore and the opportunity for that mastermind. So be sure that you go to her website, check the show notes. We'll have all of that available for you there. And I thank you again for hanging out with us. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.